Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a real treat to be with you and an honor and monumental occasion to be joined by singer and recording artist B.J. Thomas. He has sung so many beloved songs. One of the signatures is, of course, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, which we are celebrating more than 50 years since its debut, 50 years since its recording. Our guest B.J. Thomas ranked in Billboard's top 50 most played artists of the past 50 years. He's a five-time Grammy Award winner with 70 million records sold. B.J. Thomas, it is a pleasure, sir. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Great to talk to you. It's great. So, raindrops keep falling on my head. Any idea about why the enduring life of this song? Well, you know, I, I, of course, I've had time to put a lot of thought into that, and I had so I've had so many conversations with the the great Mister uh, Bert Bacharach, and of course Hal David, who wrote the lyrics. And you know, I I think that you know, raindrops had a, a lot going for it. it had, you know. Burt Bacharach was one of the greatest composers of all time. Hal David uh, was a great, great songwriter. It was in a, it was in a really good movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, one of the, you know, one of the top westerns of all time. And, uh, you know, that whole score for the movie is just, just brilliant. And this song is just a one of a kind. I mean, it's, uh, it's very simply put, but the lyrics are, are very meaningful to to people. I mean, the raindrops will fall on your head, but as long as you're free, nothing's worrying you. And and, and I think you know it has a deep meaning that people have, have connected with over the years. And uh, you know, I have I've had uh, many conversations, as I said, with Hal David, and we both agreed that uh, this song was just the perfect uh, meeting of of uh, writer, composer, vehicle, the movie. And and singer, we think it just uh, it doesn't happen very often in in music, but when it does, it can, can re- create something really special and enduring. And I think that's uh, that's what Raindrops has done. Well, as a child of the '80s, it's one of the very first songs I can remember my parents listening to on the radio, and it's a, just such a <laughs> great song. What was your very first impression of the song when you first became aware of it, when you first heard maybe the demo? Well, you know, I had been uh, recording in in Memphis, Tennessee, and when uh, Florence Greenberg, the lady that owns Scepter Records uh, in New York City, came to me, and at that time I was living in Memphis, and she said, BJ, would you move up to... uh, to um, uh, New York City, and, and uh, Gloria and I had just gotten married, and we said, well, "Yeah." She said, "If you move up to New York, I think I can get you a session with the uh, Burt Bacharach and Hal David." So, so we did move up, and uh, you know, we're still some of our favorite years uh, in our marriage is the, the years we spent in New York. But when I moved up, I started working with Mr. Bacharach, and immediately, you know, if you're familiar at all with his uh, uh, his 
craft is his songs are a little different they have a little different kind of edge to them and uh and i think it had a lot to do with how david's lyrics and how david just wrote from the heart you know he wasn't trying to rhyme or or anything he just was writing the feelings from the heart and Bacharach was putting them to kind of the unique meter and cadence so when i first started hearing this stuff i, I realized oh this is this is very different and this is a uh, uh, you know the kind of songs that I, I I don't need to just make up my own uh, my own version and feeling. It's already written there, and I and I so I determined to you know stick with the script. And uh, Mr. Backrack's melodies were so distinctive, and I knew that the the smart thing to do was to stick with that melody and not improvise at, at all at this level. So. Uh, I kind of realized that right off. So when he, when I started learning raindrops, it, it, you know, raindrops admittedly is a little, a little quirky, and it's a little different uh, melody, uh, which radio resisted for for quite a while when it came out. But I just stuck with the program, and then I discussed it with Mr. Backrack. I mean, can I do my own thing? And he said, you know, it, it, I want you to sing it exactly as I've written it, and if you, if you have room to do your own thing. You can do it. So of course I did my thing on the on the end on on the word me. I, I kind of did a lick or two on that, but uh, just just uh, you know he had a way of just uh, writing some unique in a, such a unique way, and the lyrics were so meaningful that it just uh, it would get it would get to people, and most everything they wrote, you know, became classics. So became classic material for Dionne Warwick and Herb Albert and myself. And, uh, you know, just one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. I'm really glad that you're talking about the songwriters here. I just love and am in awe of songwriters, admittedly. And Bacharach? Well, me too. Yeah, and I wanted to know, you know, your other signature song, I would say, would be Hooked on a Feeling written by the great Mark James. Yeah. What do songwriters mean to B.J. Thomas? Well, I'm, I think they just mean everything to me. And I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a writer. You know, I've written a few songs, but I'm not a prolific uh, songwriter. And it probably is because I've always, I've always had so many good songwriters around me, even even when I first got into a band, one of the members uh, uh, of the band was a, was a great little songwriter and wrote uh, and, and wrote my second hit and, and wrote a, a song that became a hit after after I'm So Lonesome. So I, I've always and and in Memphis, Memphis was a great experience because you was before you started recording, you would sit down with the songwriters and uh, and uh, discuss what you were thinking and what you had in mind, and they would tailor songs uh, right to you. And, uh, of course, with Bacharach, it was a, a, certainly a unique experience where this guy, you were just kind of trying to become a part of his his genius and do and interpret the things that he had he had written. So, they, they you know, Barry Mann and Cynthia Wilde wrote a couple of things for me. I just can't help believing in rock and roll lullaby. And, uh, of course, the great Mark James and Mark. I had I had a a few slow songs, kind of sedate songs to start my career. And so Mark wrote uh, the Eyes of a New York Woman and hooked on the feeling for me, trying to kind of give me a give me an upside to it. So I've always had that uh, 
great relationship with with some of really some of the best songwriters of my time and so songwriters just they mean everything to me what would you say the biggest compliment you've ever received would be <laughs> <laughs> well i got one i got one from mr Backrack. he I worked. Uh, I didn't work with him a lot because I had a I had a kind of a huge. Uh, I had a big thing going on my own, and I didn't have to really just tag along with him. But I did perform with him uh, a few times over the years, so just a few years ago, as a matter of fact. And uh, you know, he took me aside one time and he said, "You know, BJ, out of all the people that that did raindrops, he said you you're the one that did it right, and you're the version." course i did it with him so but, but he, he said yours is the version i love and i think is the is the best one so you know, coming coming from him you know i kind of came back in my generation if you had a huge record like raindrops there would be so many people who would uh, make an album of, you know there would andy williams and you know various you know various people would would do their version of it and uh so they would eventually become many versions of the song, even though you had the hit, there would be other versions, but uh, especially with the raindrops, I think, you know, raindrops was just the perfect meeting of, uh, of lyric uh, music uh, vehicle, you know, the great movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid and, and, and singer. I think it, it doesn't come together that well every uh, very many times in, in this, you know, in, in the music industry, but I think it did that time. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that just, uh, that just made it work it, the best it could, it could do, you know? Okay. This is a, this is a tricky question, but I really want to know. <laughs> okay. What do you BJ Thomas, what do you think is the secret to living a good life? Well, I'm, you know, I'm still looking for that. You know, I'm still, uh, I'm like anybody else. I have a daily struggle to uh, to live as I think I should. Uh, I've had, uh, you know, uh, much uh, drama. And I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life. I've, you know, I've had, the, uh, you know, the problems with alcohol and drugs. Um, you know, I had a, I had kind of a, you know, God bless my parents and my, I love my family, but I had a little tough, uh, younger life. And, uh, you know, so the, that secret of life, I think is, is hard to find. It's just, and it's hard to define, but I, I, as the, as the good book tells me, the golden rule will get, will get it done. I mean, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if you can do that, then, then everything else kind of takes care of it itself you know the uh, whatever your faith may be if you treat others as you would have them treat you that kind of takes care of the of the thing so it's 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 a daily struggle to be the the right kind of person and to be the best person you can but i i, I try to adhere to the golden rule and uh, as closely as i can hmm. very good you know a lot of people in this year 2020 they're doing whatever they can to get through, and for a lot of us, that means listening to music. And I'm curious, what have you been doing to get through this year with the the disease going around and just a lot of turmoil in the country? What have you been doing? Well, 
you know, that's, uh, yeah, I guess it varies. Uh, I, I am listening, uh, listening to music. I, I like, I still like the old school music to, of my generation. Uh, and so I listen to, to a lot of that. Um, and that includes Elvis and Motown and Al Green and just whatever. But, uh, I've been, I've been quarantined here over, I guess it's over four months now since March 15th. We've been in house and, uh, really taking it, uh, being very careful because of, we're right here in Texas and this is one of the worst spots. So, uh, but just to keep my voice, uh, in shape, I have started listening to, then I'll put, uh, get my greatest hits album out and I've still got a stereo. I like to, I like to listen to it like that. And, um, so I'll put, get my greatest hits out and I had a various albums. So I'll get about three of them out and I'll sing each, each album, uh, just trying to keep my, keep my voice in shape. And it's been good for me to hear the, the original recordings. And, uh, I've enjoyed listening to some of the older, the older stuff. But uh, that that's kind of what I listen to is is more of a of more of my generation. I think uh, you know fifties, sixties, seventies was the greatest music of all time, uh, and, and that and that's just my just my favorite music. So if I listen to anything, that's what I do. Of course, there's you know got a lot of Elvis in there, and uh, and and right now I'm just working with my own stuff. So so it's been fun. I mean. Uh, I, but since I am a professional, you know, <laughs> singer and a musician, uh, if you will, you know, sometimes me, uh, music will become work to me. So I'm, I'm, uh, I feel glad to get away from it somewhat at times. But uh, I've been away from it so long now that, uh, of course, I miss the road and I miss my involvement, miss the fans, miss doing the live, the live music. So. I've I've just as I said, just pulling out some of my old songs and my my greatest hits and uh, singing with those things and staying in shape as best I can. I take comfort in the fact that you're singing. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I know that a lot of people are are going to be really really anxious and very excited to to see you and and hear you in concert and. You have so many fans, me included. What would you say to everyone out there who is listening to this interview? Well, I would first. I would say thank you. I would say thank you to all, to you uh, and to, to all the the listeners for you know keeping me around all this time. I think one of the things I'm most uh, proud of is the longevity of uh the interest uh in my in my music and people still appreciate it and in some ways they 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 almost uh need to hear the music from my time worse than worse than ever we have so many memories and feelings tied to it so i i can relate to that but uh, thank you would be what i would say to them i appreciate their faithfulness and uh and still coming to my concerts and hearing me sing and supporting me. And, you know, that's, that's been the, uh, one of the best, you know, as far as my career goes, uh, that's the best and the, the best thing you can have. And the only, you know, only thing you can ask for is for people to like your music and want to hear you sing it. So I've been very lucky in that, in that area. You know, I put these labels on you at the beginning of the show. I said, singer, recording artist, Grammy Award winner, uh, and I can also say that you're a member of the Grand Ole Opry, and on and on. 
who would you say B.J. Thomas is at heart? Well, uh, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical here, and I don't want to sound silly, uh, but, uh, you know, hey, I'm just a... I'm just another guy. I'm a, just a human being to begin with. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm, you know, I'm a father and, uh, you know, singing is what I do and who I am, uh, really more or less relates to, to my family and, and, uh, my loved ones. Uh, but, uh, you know, sing, singing is, is, uh, uh, it's what I do, but it's, it's such a big part of me now that I've been doing it so long. But basically, I'm just I'm just a human being, father, husband, and uh, and singing is, is is what I do. It's not exactly who I am, but there's so much of the uh, who I am in my music at this point, and always really has been that mm. uh, I can't I, I can't say that it's not a part of who I am. Mm. Well, everyone out there is invited to go to bjthomas.com. When I found out I was going to be interviewing you, it just it made my my day and I'm sure it's going to going to ride on through the week. BJ Thomas, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Thank thank you, Paul. Very interesting. I, I really enjoyed talking to you, brother. Take care. All right. Godspeed. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scanning G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.